Welcome to Radical Change Radio. Today we're continuing our series of podcasts on biases. Previously, we have uh, talked about the varieties of biases, the pre-choice, attitudinal, and post-choice biases. And uh, now that we have covered all the types of biases that we would like to, uh, we have a very interesting topic for you. And it's the... um, well, it's sort of the first big application of biases. How do we defend against them? Uh, now, as you've been listening to our previous podcast, I'm sure you become aware that uh, the biases uh, are everywhere. Uh, you have them, other people have them, you're exposed to them, you're being uh, influenced and sometimes manipulated through them by other people consciously and unconsciously. Uh, they're pervasive. I bet today you've had multiple instances of biases working on you, on your thinking, on your actions. So it's good to know how you can uh, defend against them because sometimes uh, they're okay, but other times you really don't want to be subject to them. And uh, today that's what we're going to discuss. We will uh, go through each of the biases we have covered so far, all the, what is it, about 12 or so biases. And um, we will talk about how each one of, of us, the three of us, uh, defends against it. And hopefully it will give you some, some insight into what might be happening in your mind and how you might defend against them. Uh, as you listen to us, of course, think about how you would do it. Uh, because becoming aware of, of, of your own processes is the first step to mastering them. So, um, do you guys want to uh, say any general remarks uh, about defending against biases? Uh, I'll say, you know, it's just one of those things where if biases change the kind of decisions you make and the quality of your decisions, therefore the quality of your life is based on how well, you see things as they are rather than uh, as they appear to be. The difference between the appearance and reality is that place I call biases. So learning what they are and how to, uh, how to navigate them skillfully. It's not about removing them as much as it's about navigating them uh, intelligently is what's going to make the difference that makes a difference in our lives. I don't really have much to add to that. Uh, that's actually exactly how I see it as well, that biases are these distortions of, uh, of our thought processes. And uh, it's better be clear-headed than crooked-headed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, as we go through the biases and the defenses against them, um, uh, uh, there are several sort of high-level categories about what, what might happen. Um, first of all, biases might be imposed by the environment. Uh, and other times, biases might be imposed by other people. 
right? And while environment is not, well, you can say it doesn't have an intent against you, other people might. So uh, you might want to treat biases differently depending where they're coming from. Uh, also, biases uh, are some are easy to uh, defend against. Others are quite difficult because they, they they sort of sneak up on you and you 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 find out that something happened only after it happened. Um, well, why don't we just jump in and start with the first one? Uh, start with illusion of control. Do you guys want to uh, tell us how you defend against this bias? Okay. Sure. I, I, I can jump in, right? Um, so uh, when, when I think about control, right, when, when I see myself or people trying to control things, what I've noticed is that it comes from a place of fear. Right, and uh, the more fear, uh, the more fear a person or a system has, the more they try to control it, uh, because it's a survival mechanism that kicks in. Now, any time and every time I see, uh, uh, I see this uh, sense of uh, uh, this illusion of control uh, uh, kicking in. Uh, I have to get myself to that place where, uh, or that state of being rather where i realize that there isn't much that i can really control you know at the at the end of the day i'm just this uh, uh, less than a speck of dust in this entire universe that um, will be just you know washed away in the winds of time uh, that doesn't mean i just helplessly give up and uh, sit down and cry but uh, getting that perspective quickly uh, is a good way to to loosen up and say, you know, what is is and what will be will be. It's it's hard to come there, but perhaps uh, perhaps it's my uh, cultural upbringing and the notion of impermanence that has just been uh, hammered into me that makes it a little easier, not pleasant, but easier. Uh, to to swallow this pill, but I think you know. Every time I think about the illusion of control, I think about uh, what is that movie called? I think it was called Instinct uh, with uh, um, Cuba Gordon Jr. and Anthony Hopkins, uh, and there's this beautiful scene where you know uh, Anthony Hopkins has been living with the gorillas for many years and he's been uh, forcefully brought back to civilization and uh, Cuba Gordon Jr. is trying to analyze him and uh, 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 Anthony Hopkins just jumps behind him and starts choking him and he says tell me what have I taken away from you Uh, and if you don't tell me right I'll break your neck after two guesses he's crying and the third guess he says you've taken away my control he says yes (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> you don't uh, that it is an illusion of control so anyway it's slightly off topic but kind of brings home the point that's a very vivid uh, metaphor <laughs> mm-hmm. yes life strangling you to death yeah well that's one way to defend against this bias I guess <laughs> Yeah. It's an extreme way, I guess, but yes. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're hitting, you're hitting on, uh, uh, right, right on the head uh, that uh, illusion of control works when you're fearful, yes. right? Um, and this is the, the, the core of it. If you are fearless, 
uh, either because you are well fearless or because uh, uh, you are in control and therefore there's nothing to be fearful of. Or actually, we had this interesting thought that um, you know there are some people who are extremely uh, rational, right? Um, Sheldon's of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like if you watched uh, the TV show Big Bang Theory, there is this uh, character there called Sheldon, right? He's extraordinarily rational, meaning that everything is like is basically how he thinks, almost like very no very little emotions. Uh, so it's it's hard to for these people to have to be influenced uh, through illusion of control because uh, they, even when they're fearful, they just won't buy these snake oil solutions to their fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of what can I add to all this, uh, but it's it, yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's like uh, it's either you evaluate the situation and say well like screw it i mean i if the bad shit happens it happens right uh and i don't care so it's one way of dealing with that and that and that way you basically give up the fear because now you're not afraid of the, the stuff anymore uh if it still matters to you then uh yeah then be up for a tough choice basically right so you uh either you need to admit that, yeah, uh, rationally it doesn't make any sense, so become Sheldon for a moment. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's basically being very acutely aware of it and uh, following the, being, being more rational, I guess. That's probably how I would deal with that. Yeah, uh, you know, if, if I can add one thing, I, mm-hmm. I, I hear you on the rationality thing. Uh, uh um, I, I wonder if rationality is the right word or realism is the right word, right? Because, uh, 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 or perhaps, perhaps they mean the same thing. Uh, yeah. But I think you know, uh, uh, I, I the, the the way I think about it is that um, it comes from the deep rooted, deep rooted need to be immortal, right? In in some ways because if you if you look at all fear right we're looking to continue living forever mm-hmm. right that, that that there is no end and you know i i i quote unquote will exist forever right and and that causes that that state of being causes all this crap to come up but making peace with the fact that this notion of i is but just a speck in eternity is actually a relief Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yes, but my, you can't say that you are never fear, fear, fearful. Right? I am. So I am. In, in the times when you are, right, you are, uh, you are. I want control. Yes, exactly. You are subject to being uh, uh, manipulated through illusion of control. No, no, absolutely. I mean, like, I'll, I'll give you a real life example, right? If you're a human this, being, this, you will be fearful sometimes. It's not possible I, to be I, fearless. I, I completely agree. I completely. agree. I mean, you guys know the last year and a half has not been easy for me, right? And 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 I've had I've had this issue come up over and over again, where you know I I, I wanted some sense of control in some aspect of my life, you know, where I felt everything, my personal life, my professional life, everything was breaking apart. And so yeah, there is fear, and it, it does creep up. But I, I, I'm telling you honestly, like making peace to the fact that okay, this stage is done, 
instead of seeing it as this is over, I almost see it as this stage is done. So what next? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that I'm absolutely fearless. Hell no, I have a lot of fear, right? However, the way to work through it uh, is to become aware that the moment the fear grips you, right, it only kicks in one mechanism, and that is survival. Mm-hmm. And the decisions that you make with the survival mindset are very different than uh, so survival mindset. If you follow the Graves metaphor, right, the the Graves model, that is level one thinking. What the 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 decisions that you'll make from level one thinking is very different than say the decisions that you will make at a level six or or even better a level seven thinking. That's that's the point I was trying to get across. You know, mm-hmm. I just had an interesting thought about about uh, uh, how um, how some of the what's the right word uh, some some of the mm, ways that we try to maintain illusion of control work. This, I think there's something else happening there. Like let's let's take uh, let's take some of the common um, uh, luck remedies. I think they exist in every culture. A black cat uh, crosses your path, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 wisdom says uh, don't walk around, right? Or if you say something, uh, this is in Russian culture very very prevalent. If you say something that is good and lucky, knock on the wood or spit or spit over your left shoulder, right? You you guys know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think there might be something else happening here as well. Like uh, uh, there is some inner wisdom in us, uh, um, very wild and natural, uh, uh, where we understand our deep connection with the universe. Uh, this is, goes way beyond our, our cognitive culture, our modern civilization. This is like, kind of, you know, that we are, we, we, we are living entities connected with everything. The live in the web analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, there is this sense, right? I, I have it in me, right? That that uh, how things work in, in 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 this big wide universe is very un, is, is is it's completely not straightforward, you know. And it is very possible, right? That a black cat crossing your road is a is a sign of something. Is the universe trying to communicate to you, right? And so and so you your response actually matters. Mm-hmm. Is is what I, I'm saying making sense? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about it, the only thing that really matters in your life is your response to anything. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's not. It's not. I guess what I'm trying to say it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily an illusion. Uh, it might actually be that this is this is re- a real uh, proposition to you from from life, and then respond. How do you respond? I think it's fascinating to look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is until you actually yep. own a black cat, and then you realize how <laughs> silly they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next bias. Um, yeah. And how do we defend against the confirmation bias? Hey, Karan, do you just want to give a quick uh, intro into the biases for people who may have forgotten what each one is, just like a one-liner so they know what it is? Sure, sure. So a confirmation bias uh, is um, uh, is when we uh, tend to 
Well, we basically tend, tend to uh, hear and, and, and uh, sort for the things that we already agree with. And anything that we, uh, is outside of our uh, uh, understanding and liking is discarded uh, even without being considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it the told you so bias? <laughs> it's more like uh, to, to, told you so addressed to yourself yeah okay <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> cool so how would you defend against this I, I, I tend to look for the contrarian opinion right and uh, uh, the way to go about it is look for what I call uh, mutually, uh, mutually exclusive options or opinions where uh, I, I I know that this bias is working on me and I'm just saying, oh, okay, I told you so, but I also try to look at every other possible option. So what it does is it, it kind of brings in a probabilistic uh, mindset that, hey, this is true, but this also could be true. This also could be true. And what it allows me to do is build a, build a more complete map that says, hey, don't, don't fall for this uh, same trick over and over and over again. By the way, the trickster is my mind, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do something similar as well. Um, I uh, try to look for diversity of uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. So sample, sample other, other, other data points of opinions. Yeah. And... Uh, that really helps to break out of, you know, my way is the only way. Because it's obviously not. The other ways are also valid and working for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think your way is the only way, try owning a cat or get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, How about yeah. my child, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you don't have to go that far. Uh but yeah, uh, I, I guess you get basically said it already. I, it's it's essentially the kind of this incorrect statistical thinking, right? So if undersampling, if you will, so if something happened and it's it and what by chance it happened to be the way you thought it should have, uh, then you like say, oh yeah, see that's that's what happened. Uh, but uh, in reality, that might be like one out of a thousand possible. Uh, outcomes and this just was a a lucky coincidence so uh if at all possible uh, my way of doing this is to like get a a more complete data like as complete as i possibly can to see what's what percentage of chances this actually happens in in reality as opposed to just selecting the the ones that i i like so actually, I, I want to summarize this for you guys, for your listeners, uh, uh, that while the, we have three different ways of, of uh, defending against confirmation bias, they are a bit different, and I want to summarize how they're different. So I'll look for a few other opinions. Right? Sergey tries to form a complete picture of what's happening. So this is more of a scientific approach, right? Mm-hmm. And Mahipal looks for opposite opinions first. So they're similar enough, but they're a bit different. And they will, yeah. and as, as experience shows, they lead to different conclusions and different approaches to life. However, one thing which is 
common in all three is that it's expanding the current frame of reference and not falling for just a worldview which is so small, which is based on my confirmation bias that mm-hmm. told you so. Yeah. It expands the map in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's just boring to live out of one perspective. Yeah. You know, if I, were, if I am to throw, if some I can, find, if you allow me to some, throw this into our discussion, it is simply boring to live out of one perspective. You know, live through find, many. <laughs> yeah. But some find it comforting, you know, when the illusion of control kicks in. I, I want to be able to control this shit. It's called illusion, not for nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to our third bias for today, priming bias. To remind you, uh, Priming bias is when we uh, we tend to uh, agree uh, 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 or be biased towards the first thing that we hear. So, like in the, in you know in a negotiation, somebody uh, let's say you you're negotiating your salary, and the recruiter throws out a number like a lowball number. I don't know, fifty thousand, right? Let's say, uh, well. You know, you, they, you've been primed to the lower end, right? Mm-hmm. And one way of combating this is, of course, to prime the recruiter, <laughs> throw out a big number. <laughs> I don't know what the big number is. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 200,000. Half a mil. Throw. Half throw. a mil, why yeah. not? <laughs> throw a big sum. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. So how do we defend against this? Um, I mean, for me, what happens is, uh, like I've said, you no, I uh, when I notice somebody is priming me and especially trying to lowball me, I get angry and it kind of uh, and I get angry and I use that uh, to then introduce a pattern interrupt because what what priming does is it kicks off uh, it kicks off a specific pattern that says okay because I started from here this is where I can go. I use anger as a fuel to say no this is not where I start I go somewhere else and it completely disrupt that pattern and then move from there right. So that's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think pattern interrupt is basically the thing here. Uh, and uh, I suppose uh, well, we, what we just discussed actually is yet another pattern to do that, right? Is to uh, reprime, right? So, no. well, first of all, of course, notice, right? So notice that there is a priming happening. And usually you'll only notice it after the fact. Uh, it's after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And but, but once you notice, it's like, okay, well, let me reprime the whole thing and like with the salary, right? So rather than a low ball number, throw a really high one, like prime it to the high end, which is, you're not going to get that, but, you know, we start from there now. <clears throat> All right, same for me. Uh, once once something is out there, uh, you I'm being primed and you need to break state, meaning break state is when I step step away from the, from the context and... Uh, uh, refresh my mind and then enter the context again with the clean slate. Uh, so and then maybe prime, prime, pre-prime myself uh, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's move on to our next uh, bias for today. It's stereotyping. Uh, for a for a uh, reminder, stereotyping is when we tend to form opinions about groups 
about about uh, about an individual uh, who belongs to a group based on the on the group stereotype without having any real information about an individual or a group. So basically, it's being clueless and having having informed opinions while being while really being clueless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one one way to think about it is just over generalizing. Yes, mm-hmm. right. So that that's the best way to think about it. You know, like. Uh, if you see an Indian, he's got to be a computer programmer or work at Seven Eleven. No, it doesn't quite work that way, you know. Or all Asians are bad drivers, uh, even though they may have broken into your car twice. Okay, that's a different story. But 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 yeah, it doesn't make uh, that is that is that state of overgeneralizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so the the way the way I fight this this and um, to be fair, I think uh, uh, this happens a lot for uh, to everybody. I don't think it's possible to not have stereotyping. I think I think our brains do this so that we don't have to sort through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much it's, it's essential part it's of being a, a essential of, part of decision making. Right, right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have this no matter what, um, and some some often enough it's okay. Now when you want to break out of it. Um, uh, the best way I found is to think of counterexamples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, for, uh, I had this this uh, discussion the other day. Um, uh, there are particular types of stereotyping that I really don't like, that I'm subject to. Uh, these are the ones that have been built up for me. Okay, so there are some stereotypes that I build up myself over over my own lifetime, my own experiences with particular group of people, you know, and those I'm okay with because they're based on my own experience. Um, but then there are others that have that that have been built for me. I didn't participate in building them. Like uh, to give you a simple example, um, so since I uh, my first part of my life was in Russia. Uh, uh, and this was in back in Soviet Union days. Um, uh, all a lot of the movies and, and and holidays and basically a lot of the infosphere in those times in Soviet Union was related to World War Two. Right, my grandparents fought in World War Two, so I mean, like it was just everywhere around you. Um, and of course, right. Uh, uh, what happened in World War II, right, from the Russian perspective? Uh, Germany invaded, uh, uh, slaughtered some ridiculous number of people, like 30 million uh, uh, Soviet people, and then eventually was defeated. Uh, so obviously the Germans are the bad guys in, in, in this story. Yeah, we uh, were talking about this, remember? The, yeah. The growing up the whole generation. Where, uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I was like, I was raised in those movies. You know, I, I, I've watched an infinite number of them, uh, and over time, I have kind of in, in, ingested that attitude overall. Um, it's very subtle. It's very, it's 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 very unconscious, but it's a bit of it is there, right? Uh, and it's very hard to get rid of it because it was it was it was created for me when I was a child. Uh, and had uncritical mind. I bet all of us have have stories like this from our childhood. So, yes. So, so for me, the best way to deal with these things is obviously to have counterexamples. Like, think of of thinking of German people that I know personally know who are like who are amazing people who 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 uh, 
Well, not violent in any way, you know. But basically, think of as many counterexamples as possible, and that really does help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hey, they make the best beer. <laughs> Besides a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make a lot of best things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I don't have anything to add to this. I think counterexamples mm-hmm. is the way of dealing with it. Yeah, I mean, you talk about breaking generalization, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then let's move on to overconfidence. Uh, this uh, bias is uh, is quite obvious. <laughs> if I can be overconfident in that, <laughs> are you sure? I am absolutely sure. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure enough to be unsure? <laughs> <laughs> that's how my that's how Mahipal breaks his bias. Uh, so, a uh, uh, quick definition: overconfidence is when you are too confident for your own breaches in something. So how do you guys deal with this? Simple question. I, am I sure, sure enough to be unsure? Uh, ask myself, what if I'm wrong? And uh, see what other scenarios are possible, right? And um, uh, uh, start, start looking at what else is possible and then completely doing DTI, uh, sorry, deep trans identification with the other scenarios, and saying, you know, what has to happen for this to be true? What has to be happened for this to be true? And then, uh, then start seeing that the same things that lead the same uh, the same triggers that led me to have overconfidence in scenario one can be seen in a completely different way to create scenario two or scenario three, mm-hmm. right? So that that very quickly takes care of uh, overconfidence. Uh, you don't believe me? Look at the uh, U.S. elections and uh, Brexit. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> That's my case. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I approach this differently. Um, mm, I, I call this having a probabilistic mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, which, the way I see overconfidence is when... when uh, out of all the options, you have collapsed to only one. You were so strongly believe in one that, that the rest become just disappear from you. And uh, when I say have a probabilistic mind, I mean uh, always have uh, a certain a larger set of possible possible alternatives because in reality is right you can never be foolish sure of anything uh, the universe is just too unpredictable place so you can never assign probability zero to any 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 alternative really uh, and when you have a whole range of, of possibilities available to you it's very hard to be too confident in one because anything is really possible mm-hmm. again U.S. elections, Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Getting too close to home? (laughs) Uh, It might be. Well, uh, yeah, I guess what Arman just described is basically kind of my world. Uh, I I, I think it it almost feels like I was kind of born with that mindset that I, I can't be sure of anything. Like I had to train myself to actually be confident 
in things so that I can actually do something in life. So, because, uh, you know, the, the, the flip side of it is, right, if you're never sure of anything, you can't do anything. So, no, 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 no. The flip side is, is you do many things at the same time. Which means nothing, right? It, well, no, well, maybe you're right. To do many, no. many things, they don't mean nothing. No, I mean, well, in my experience, you end up not finishing everything anyway. So, most of the time. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'm the wrong person to talk about it because I rarely find myself to be overconfident about something. And, and when I am, usually shit hits the fan real fast for me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it's just I don't have to deal with it, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, Sergey has no idea how to deal with this bias because he is not subject to it, <laughs> and he's confident about it. Absolutely, oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, All right, let's move uh, on to our next bias for today: um, pessimism bias. A brief uh, reminder. This bias is when you're too pessimistic. Uh, yeah, how is it different from overconfidence? Uh, it's sort of the opposite. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but the, the strategy remains the same, right? For me, I apply the same pattern as overconfidence and ask, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the things I do is I tell people, can you get, uh, if you're pessimistic, can you get pessimistic about your pessimism? What happens then? You, know? uh-huh. you just love this, 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 this double, double loops. Oh yeah, why not? What's there not to love? <laughs> yeah, it's recursion is everything, right? Yes, <laughs> all the way down to turtles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the only thing that's infinite. Well, besides, yeah, like uh, you know, I, I love that story that Bandler used to say that he's like, oh, this guy came to him and he said, oh, I can never start anything. I always put it off. So he sits him down and says, okay, can you put off putting off? (laughs) 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 You want to know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about that guy today. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, actually, the the way I deal with it is slightly different from the overconfidence. I I do get pessimistic, you know, uh, about things once in a while because there are too many things and Nothing gets done. That's my pessimism. Uh, anyway, uh, the the way I deal with that is I ask myself a question. What's the worst that can happen? Hmm. Basically, right? And if uh, and sometimes the answer is like, well, a lot of things, right? So sometimes it doesn't work. But more often than not, the answer is like, well, here's here's like how bad it can go. And that's about it. And I might actually be okay with that. So, yeah, that's fine. And that, that, that kind of breaks the pattern. Hmm. Okay. What if your answer is, I die? No, that's what I'm saying, right? So sometimes that doesn't work, right? It's <laughs> 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 not 100% bulletproof. <laughs> well, if you're me, I'll say, okay, I know that it's guaranteed, so so what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is for sure, remember, in my world anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk I, about it in a few years, I guess. Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I also forget. have a different, different, different uh, uh, take on this bias. Um, for me, pessimism is not really a cognitive bias, but it's an emotional state. Uh, like, uh, I, 
if I'm in, norm, in a normal state, I don't think pessimistically. I guess just the same way as Sergei doesn't think, doesn't have overconfidence. I don't have pessimism as as a cognitive thing. But for me, it happens when it's an emotional state. Like sometimes I'm in a state where the universe is just a dark place, uh, and it, it 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 doesn't matter. It's like the same. The same uh, things that were giving me uh, joy and happiness yesterday, <laughs> today are giving me are giving me dark and scary place. You know, like basically it's emotional state. And, and well, how do you deal with emotional state? You break state. You do something to snap out of it. And I, we actually talked about this in many podcasts before. And each one of us has our own routines for how to break state. But the point is, get out of that state, and there you go. You are the pessimism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, next, uh, next bias is hindsight. So, hindsight bias to give a quick definition is when post factum you say, "Oh, that was obvious," where of course mm-hmm. it wasn't obvious uh, a priori, and the reason it became obvious is because you gained more information. So, how do you guys deal with this? Well, it's kind of a, I think Teran, you said it's kind of an asshole move on my part, but, you know, I, I generally say. <laughs> one, of so, yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them. Thanks, brother. I love you too. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I generally ask, if you were so sure of this, why didn't you place a bet on it? Unless we are total dumbass. And that, that kind of, you know, wakes people up. It's kind of a shock. But that shock then wakes you up to say, you know what? It was not obvious. Because here's the thing about decisions. The only time you have to make a decision in your life is when you have incomplete information. If you had complete information, things would be self-evident. Okay? Mm-hmm. So so the very nature of decision-making is that you have incomplete information. And, and uh, uh, the way of dealing with the hindsight bias is to bring them back to that point that says, hey, you, uh, uh, when, when, uh, at, at a priori time, you had incomplete information, acknowledge that, and that's the best way out of it. Mm-hmm. So, simple. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I mean... Uh, oh, it, you'll be amazed when you tell people put 10,000 bucks on it. It is a it. tough one, yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, uh-huh. you guys have heard me do this, but I'll say, okay... Let's put ten thousand bucks on it. And Mayur, suddenly- Mayur, let me just ask you one question: How much money have you made, and how many friends have you lost? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, friends are not something you lose. You either have them or you don't have uh, them. Always trying to <laughs> whistle your way out. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I don't want to get into those bets that I placed uh, for geopolitical reasons. But about twenty-five grand. Okay. That's US. Yeah, that's say, US. Not, not bad. Not yeah, bad, that's yeah. twenty five thousand US dollars, right? So that's not that's not a small amount. Not a small amount at all. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's income. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean. Okay. The, I guess what I'm what I started to say. You know, it's a tough one because like, uh, uh, I don't really have you know such new tricks uh, as Mayapal does or at least I don't like to do it on people because it's like sometimes pisses them off um, but 
trying to it's and basically he doesn't know martial arts nearly as well as Mahipal does exactly yeah <laughs> right uh, <laughs> uh, well it, it, basically the whole point is to be able to get to, uh, to, de- to to get to the point where you had that amount of information and not more that you have now right and and the way our minds work is it's very hard to ignore information you already know right you can't unknow things right uh so uh uh but if you if you can try the best you can to kind of simulate the environment you had like the information you had at the time maybe you can uh find out like okay i actually couldn't have figured that out right yeah, I I agree with this. I think it's pretty much impossible to unroll to an early information point, like remove yeah. information from your mind. The only thing that I, I I I try to do in this case, I just try to remember what I thought about the 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 question back then. I don't even try to reason to it from the early information point. That's not possible. I just try mm-hmm. to remember what I thought. Mm-hmm. Actually, that 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 is true, right? If you're applying it on yourself, you have to. It's basically you go back in time if you're on your timeline and say what you thought. But uh, when we're talking about defense, defense happens in two ways: your own thinking and somebody else imposing a hindsight bias on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody else is imposing a trying to impose a hindsight bias or influence a decision that way, you've got to challenge it because that's the only way. You can get them to move along the timeline back in time as to uh, when they uh, when uh, when they could or could not have made a decision that impacts today. Well, I'll give you an example where this bias is being used uh, uh, aggressively all the time. In fact, it's happening every day in hundreds of places all over our country, all over all the countries. Now, let's let's go You're to talking the about court, Belarus let's go or to the US? courtroom yeah let's go to courtroom right uh, if you if you've never been one think of a show with 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 lawyers and judges it's so it's happening there every time right you have a you have a, a lawyer one, on one side present some kind of point some kind of argument which is then uh for technical reasons or for other reasons is is not valid is not allowed in court so the judge says the, the judge disallows this particular argument and then informs the jury to forget it mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so everybody knows right uh, that this is not possible so the lawyer actually has already influenced the jury by simply by speaking out Mm-hmm. And it's un- impossible to undo this, unroll. That's how this works. The, the jury is being, is, being, is being aggressively manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I knew better, I didn't have a hindsight bias. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Now let's move on to our next bias for today: decoy effect. Uh, a quick, a quick reminder: this is uh, this happens when uh, uh, when your uh, your preference is uh, changed by showing uh, by showing an additional choice. So, a simple example is. 
let's say you go to Starbucks, uh, you see uh, small and medium cups on the counter, and you say, "Hey, I want the I want the uh, the small cup of coffee," uh, 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 and then the 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 what do you call the teller? Uh, as oh, we also have this, you know, which one of these? And it also shows your large size, the third one, large, and you ah, there's a large one. And you switch to the medium one. Right? This happens in, in in sales all the time. You've been like this. This this is common common use salesman technique to influence yep. you. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about uh, me ending up buying a more expensive motorbike than I wanted. To. <laughs> <laughs> exactly because but you don't regret it, do you? I don't. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> so how 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 do you defend against it? It's a uh, it comes down. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about this. It comes down to two things. Number one, knowing your values really well and doing your research before you go. Mm. If if you know what you value and what you place emphasis on, and then do your research completely, uh, then you will have a complete picture, and then be able to say, okay, you know what, this is exactly what I want. This is what I value, and uh, uh, that is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically yeah, the same yeah. thing here. Mm-hmm. What's that, That's For me, it's like basically the same thing. Do the research first, make informed decisions, right? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's basically mm-hmm. having a formed opinion. Otherwise, you're just floating in the sea of, of misinformation. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, one other thing, though, is that uh, I find if once I am influenced like this, it, it's also hard to unroll back. Uh so uh, if it's an important decision that I'm trying to make, it's good to break state, uh, meaning clear my mind and then uh, approach the situation again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it's sort of it's kind of interesting. It sort of comes down to the fact that if you have complete information, you don't have to make a decision, right? It's made for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, so if you do research ahead of time, then you've seen those more expensive options and you already ruled them out. Right? Yes. I mean, right. you've already made the decision and it's like, no, this is not it and just move on with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, I just thinking, uh, I think the, the reason decoy effect influences you is, is, is um, because you need to make the decision quickly, Right. Uh, so if you were to able to just sit, evaluate your options, do I really want a, a medium-sized cup of, cup of coffee? Yesterday I had a medium, I didn't finish it. The two days before I didn't finish it. No, I really want a small one, you know? But you're sitting there in line, there's 10 people behind you, you know, you have to make a decision in the next two seconds, right? So it's kind of this. It's, 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 there's also time pressure here, uh, which is... Which, isn't allowing you to really apply your full, your full mind to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess a cup of coffee is probably too trivial. It's like, okay, I throw away a little bit of coffee. Uh, so what? But if uh, if it's like buying a car or buying a house, right? It's, yeah. It's the same pattern exactly, but now you're risking a huge amount of money and possibly right. Uh, right. getting yourself into a hole or something, right? Right. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to our next bias, outcome bias. Uh, so to quickly remind, uh, this is when you um, judge the results based on the outcome rather than decision. 
another way to think about it is, is ends are more important than means. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a very common uh, cognitive flaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you guys yeah. defend against it in yourself and how do you help others see it? When they do? Uh, process thinking, man. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, you know, I, I focus on not the what but the how. And uh, so I know it's a very Taoist, very shamanistic approach in some ways, but uh, that's the way I think about it. You denormalize the decision, the outcome, and say, okay, uh, what? Uh, uh, look at look at the entire process and evaluate uh, the merits of the process itself. But that's what I do for myself. Uh, I've not been very successful at, uh, you know, I mean, uh, if you, if you look at people, there are two kinds, uh, three kinds of people. One, uh, uh, one is who think uh, process, the other who only think ends, and third, who are not sure. Uh, anyone who is on either one of the two ends of the spectrum, it's very hard to change them. But majority of the people are in that middle, in that third group, you know. Uh, it depends on where they are and what point of their life and they can be influenced. So I generally tend to think process, for me, the, the means are way more important than the end. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm typically not subject to this bias, so I don't really have much to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess almost the same here. So... Uh... It's it's like to to me this this is kind of a silly bias, right? That uh, okay, I made a dumbass decision and I just got lucky, so therefore I'm going to do the same thing next time. Well, please don't, right? You know how many people do that, Sergey? Same. The same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, moving on to our final bias for today, self-justification. Uh, a quick definition, this is when you um, uh, do something, uh, often stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and then you still justify it as being uh, good or correct because, well, because you have done it and, you know, it, well, you cannot have made a bad decision. Yeah, it's like you're finding out whatever, you know, there's always good in whatever you do, right? So you kind of find those things. Basically, it's being unable to to say that you did something stupid. That you screwed up. (laughs) You screwed up. You know how how annoying those people are who are unable to admit their own mistakes? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, honestly, I think this is the most dangerous one of them all. Yeah, because, because it's a whole trajectory uh, in life, right? It just it's yeah. downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's 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 a self delusion. It not only not only you know screws you up, but screws up everyone around you as well, right? And um, I think the only the only uh, way to deal with it is to eat the bitter to eat the bitter medicine. You know, have the have the courage to say. You know what? I screwed up. I have the graciousness to say, okay, you know what? I will fix it. Mm-hmm. And have the tenacity to keep working until it's fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like in the technical world, it's the postmodern culture, right? But, uh, okay. Lord. Yeah, I yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, yeah, and basically that's 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 the way to deal with it. Just be humble, be you know, uh, be real, and 
just admit that okay you messed up um it it uh, the hit, I thought this just hit me that uh, combined with the outcome bias like if you have both at the same time mm-hmm. then it's like you become this almost like a, a infallible god right like every decision becomes correct yeah, right yeah. decision is correct but but you know damn this universe it always makes my perfect decisions go off well that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've met people like this. <laughs> oh yeah, I've met people like yeah. that too. Yeah, I have this beautiful theory. It's just the reality is dumb enough not to fit it. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, some people say that the concept of uh, today's liberalism is that. Oh no, no, never mind. We're not getting into politics. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, oh, we just lost half of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> we lost. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we lost them a long time ago. Types of humor they don't need to be listening to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All yeah. right, so um, let's r- wrap up, guys. Um, to summarize what we've done today, we uh, went over each and every bias, um, and we talked about how. The three of us defend against it and what you can do uh, to start defending against it. And, and really, I hope that the whole point of this of today's podcast for you has been to bring to shed more awareness on, on your own processes because you've heard how we do it. I, I'm sure you do it in some other way, you know, and you have your own very unique peculiarities. So it's become more aware of what you do and how you can defend against them and hopefully it will lead to a better life for you. Yeah, what, what I want to say is, you know, don't don't think of biases as a virus or something that you need to eradicate. Because if you did eradicate all these biases, your life would lose juice, and it would lose the uh, idiosyncrasies that make you. Okay, you would essentially be a, a Spock or a Mentat uh, if you if you guys uh, follow those uh, references, right? <laughs> Completely rational, but no life, right? Uh, uh, the, the 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 trick is to see them as winds, right? And uh, if they are the winds, uh, how do I adjust my sails to get me where I want? They are all useful if you know how to use it towards the right trajectory. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of it is essentially awareness, right? It all starts with awareness. Uh, being aware of when it's useful, being aware it's when it's not, being aware of what's happening, and then you'll figure out how to fix it. All right. So with that in mind, uh, thanks, guys, for joining us today for this session. And we hope you... We'll get rid of some of the not useful biases. And until next time, good night and good luck. And uh, have a wonderful day. And may you be happy. The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.